Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. So if you want to grab a Bible, grab a notepad, uh, feel free to. We're going to go ahead and get started. Let's open up in a word of prayer. All right, wherever you're at, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to gather digitally. Father, I thank you for the blessing of this technology, Lord, that we can use it for righteousness' sake, Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful that your Holy Spirit fills us and indwells in us now. Holy Spirit, you're the author of the Word of God. Teach us, reveal to us, open our eyes, the spiritual eyes of our understanding, to your Word so that we can see it in a new, fresh way, Lord. Give us fresh understanding and revelation so that truly your word will transform us and change us and continually conform us into the image of Christ. In Jesus' name, if that's your prayer too, won't you type amen in the comment section. Go ahead and type amen for me. If Also, while you're, while you're typing and getting your fingers warmed up, does anyone remember the first two life-changing traits of the Word of God from last week. Now, I know some of, some, not everyone on the, uh, on the stream tonight saw last week's, or maybe you haven't gotten a chance to watch the replay. If you didn't see it, I would encourage you to go listen to the replay. Of course, it's available on Facebook or YouTube. If you prefer podcast, you can search Gospel Tabernacle Church. Anywhere you get podcasts, you'll find it. Also, you can search for my personal podcast channel, Faith for My Generation. Uh, I'm putting everything I do up there as well. As well, if you subscribe to Faith for My Generation, there'll be some exclusive things there that may not appear on other platforms. It's a little bit easier for me to put things out there. Um, but if you remember the first two traits we discussed last week, I want you to put them in the comment section. The first two life-changing traits that we talked about last week. If you remember them, go ahead and put them in the comment section. We're going to see who remembers from last week because tonight we're going in on three and four. We're doing 12 over six weeks, two a night. And the last week we went over the first and second of our list of life-changing traits of the Word of God. I'm going to give you just a few more seconds to see if any anyone remembers here. I'm looking in the comment section. If you remember just one or two, the first or second from last week, anyone, anyone looking, checking before I say it and spill the beans? All right, life-changing trait, characteristic of the Word of God. Hey, Todd's got one. The Word of God is like fire. That was the first one we covered. The Word of God is like fire. Uh-oh, Toby, you were slack last week. That's all right. That's okay. Todd can cover you. Let's be honest. I, I bet Miss Laverne probably reminded Todd, hey, Todd, it was fire. 
<laughs> the first life-changing trait of the Word of God is the Word of God is like fire. It cleanses and it energizes. We looked at that. The Word of God, Miss, Miss Shirley Cook's got it. The, the Word of God is like fire. The second trait that we looked at, this life-changing characteristic, the way the Word of God operates in our life, the Word of God is like a hammer. We know the Word of God. There it is. Todd, man, you're on fire tonight, Todd. The Word of God is like a hammer. It destroys. There's two things you can do with a hammer. You can swing that thing and knock stuff over. You can demolition a house. You can, <laughs> you can swing and knock things and crush things with it. Or you can use it to build. And the Word of God does both of those things. The Word of God will destroy Man, that's a powerful revelation. The Word of God will destroy anything in its way. I mean, when you confess and you're declaring the Word of God and you're standing on the Word of God and you're believing the Word of God, the Word of God will bring to pass what He's promised. And it will destroy anything in its way. It will destroy tumors in your body. Hallelujah. It'll destroy wicked thoughts. It'll destroy uh, unrenewed mind. It will destroy uh, wrong thinking, hardness of heart. It will crush those things. And it will build. The Word of God will build. Matthew 7 tells us that the only foundation worth building your life on is the doing of the Word of God. The person that hears and does the Word of God builds their life on a rock that is unshakable. All right, we're into new territory tonight. So let's turn to our theme scripture here. This is the main verse we're going to look at each time we come together. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 is where we're going to begin tonight. Hebrews 4, verse 12 is our main scripture that we're starting off each time we meet together from here. Hebrews 4.12, and then we'll go into our third and fourth trait tonight. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Man, let me read that again. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We looked at that last week, that the word of God is alive. It is active. It is doing. It is going about and accomplishing what the Lord has set, for, set forth for it to do. The Word of God does not return void. It is alive. It is active. It is working in us. It's changing in us. In fact, I want you to type that in the comments. Type, the Word of God is changing me. I want you to type that in the comments. Declare that by faith. The Word of God is changing me. Because that's the reality, that when we hear the Word, when we live by the Word of God, we receive His instruction. We receive His correction. You know, the Bible tells us that the Word of God is profitable for instruction, for correction, for reproof, for rebuke even, for encouragement. And the Word of God will change us. 
And that's what we want. We want to be conformed, to be changed, to be transformed by the power of this Word. Because the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is alive, and the Word of God is powerful. Hey, Miss Felicia, glad to see you jumping on. That The Word of God, I see you typing it right now, the Word of God is changing me. Amen. The Word of God's powerful. The Word of God's sharp. It cuts. It's ready to do the work, the task that is set before it. The Word of God can divide appropriately. You know, we're, we are to rightly divide the Word of God. The Word of God will help us rightly divide up the issues of life with the soul of the Spirit. And then it says joint or marrow. You think about a joint, a bone. That's the outside. Marrow's the inside. It will rightly divide the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. Well, the Word of God will give you instruction on the issues of life, whether it's the, in, the heart issues of life something dealing with you or the outward issues of life, relationships, people around you, things that you're involved with. Hey, Dad. Hey, Miss Mary Jo. Hey, Courtney. Good to see you on tonight. All right, so we're going to get into our third trait. The third life-changing trait of the Word of God is this. The Word of God is like water. Once you put that in the comments section, the Word of God is like water. And while you're typing that out, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Trait number three, the Word of God is like water. Man, I'm excited about tonight. I, th this is, this is going to be powerful. Ephesians chapter 3, verse, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 the Word of God is like water. The Word of God is like water. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26, or 25 is where we're going to start. Ephesians 5, 25. The Word of God is like water. This is the third life-changing trait, characteristic, the way the Word of God takes action in your life. The Word of the Lord will be like water in your life. Now, now, what does it mean? What, is it, what do I mean by that? The Word of God is going to be like water in your life. Well, let's look. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. And all the husbands and all the wives said amen. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, I'm reading this so that verse 26 will make sense. Verse 26, that he, now that's capitalized, so it's Jesus. We could say, so that Jesus might sanctify and cleanse her, the church, with the washing of water by the word. Notice that. That Jesus might sanctify and cleanse her, the church, with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he, Jesus, might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The Word of God is like water in your life in that it cleans and washes you clean. 
You, you, I mean, every single one of us, I hope, I hope this is a good practice. I hope this is something that you do. I'm sure it is. But, you know, if you're outside, you're working or, or you're dealing, maybe you're in the kitchen, you're cooking, you're handling, you know, maybe like meat, cutting up some meat earlier. Uh, this evening we were making some turkey burgers and I was, you know, patting out that meat. Well, I didn't just get done patting out that meat and then go do something else, you know, handle the vegetables. We made some Brussels sprouts too to go with it. Uh, I didn't just go touch those. What, what did I do in between? I went and washed my hands. I went and got some warm water and put some soap on it. And I used that agent of cleaning that water running over my hands to clean my hands and get everything off my hands. Get the get the germs that may be there or, you know, uh, the, the uh, things that are in, I guess, meat that, you know, you have to cook it to cleanse it, right, so that we can eat it so we don't get sick. But if I let it remain on my hands and I go touch something else, I've contaminated the other food. But I allow that water and that soap to run over my hands and to wash all that debris and wash the germs and wash the things, the contaminants that are on my hand. If you're outside working, you get dirt and grime on you. You're working on your vehicle. You're planting in your garden or you're working around the house. You know, you don't just stick your hand in your mouth or at least you shouldn't, right? <laughs> it's not advised that you should. Uh, you, you go wash your hands. But when, you, when we're out and about, all throughout the day working and sweating and we get grimy and dirty, we come home, we, get, we shower off so that we can be clean. The Word of God cleanses you. The Word of God washes you clean. The Word of God washes you clean for a purpose. Now think about this. Uh, understand that the blood of Jesus, when you receive Jesus, and if you're listening tonight or you're watching the replay and you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, there's no better time to do it than right now. Now how do you do that? How do you believe on Jesus? Well, the Bible plainly says that if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you say with your mouth, Jesus, you're my Lord, you are saved. We receive what Christ did at the cross and the power of his resurrection by faith. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us on the inside, but so does the word. As we continue to study the word of God and allow it to change our thinking, it cleans us up. Now think about that. Many of you that are listening, You've been saved. You've been saved for a long time. And you understand that when you got saved, you were cleansed from sin. The blood of Jesus made you clean. But how many would say, now, oh, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit bringing to conviction in your heart. But you realized, yeah, you're clean from sin, but you're going to have to change. You're, you know, you, you, there was just something on the inside of you. You realized, man, I'm going to have to change the way I live. This don't feel right. Maybe, maybe Satan came along to tempt you to go back into, as the book of Hebrews says, an easily besetting sin, a sin of past times, something that became a habit. It was a sin, but it was a sinful habit. And you say, whoa, wait a minute. Hmm, that don't quite feel right. Well, the Word of God, you studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, hearing teaching on the Word of God, the Word washes you clean, and continually makes you clean that you think, okay, you know what? I may have done that in the past, but I can't do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be clean. You know, you think about, <laughs> uh, you know, me personally. 
Naomi's now, of course, she's walking around everywhere. And we have discovered just last night, or at the church playground, um, if we're going to go outside, she needs to wear some clothes she can get dirty in. And it wasn't dirty. I mean, it was just a little bit of dew on the grass. But, I mean, the moment you let her down to go play, she's in anything she can be in. Uh, pulling weeds over here, rolling in the grass, laughing, giggling, picking up mulch. You know, there's going to be dirt. There's going to get You're going to get dirty, right? And, and, and you realize that if <laughs> if you're going to be outside playing and in the mud and all that, you're going to get dirty. Well, if you engage in certain activities, you engage in certain habits, it's going to make you dirty. And you, you get to a point where you the Word of God's convicting in your heart. And you think, I don't want to be unclean. I'm going to have to remove myself from that habit. Or maybe there's certain folks that with you love them, you're praying for them. You'll share the word to them. You want the best for them. But you know that if you get around them long enough, they're going to they're gonna try to pull you into a direction that's sinful. Well, you're going to have to break those ties. You don't never not talk to them again. Anytime you can love them, you love them well, and you share the word, and you encourage them to believe on Jesus. But you don't just hang out with them just for them to influence you because you want to be clean. You want to be holy. And the word of God gives us an instruction. Notice this, verse 26, with the washing of water by the word, verse 27, that he may present the church to himself a glorious church. The Word will wash you clean so that you become a glorious member of the church. Not, not looked down on. Not, not, a, not a, a scraggly worm in the dirt of the earth, you know, waddling in the mud. No, you've been brought out of the miry clay. The Bible tells us we were plucked out of the miry clay and we've been cleansed and made clean, and the Word of God cleanses us and washes us so that it glorifies us. We're going to see that here in, in a minute as well on this fourth trait, but the, the Word of God brings us to a place that we exemplify the glory of God. We display the glory of God. Notice, not having a spot or a wrinkle. You know, um, I'll, I'll take my dress shirts and my suits to the dry cleaners. Well, do you think I would be pleased if I took my, my dress shirts to the cleaners and I come back a few days later, which I go to Stephen's cleaners there on the square, and they always, man, they do a terrific job. They would never do this. But imagine if I took my dress shirts there and I come pick them back up a few days later and around the neck where it got all dingy from sweat. I looked at it and I said, this doesn't look clean. Nah, yeah, we didn't clean it. We just ran it through the hot heat. and We didn't wash it. We didn't clean it. We didn't get any dirt or grime. We just, we just ironed it. You, you didn't clean it? You just ironed it? Yeah, we, we didn't feel like cleaning it. Uh, like I said, they would never do this. But uh, imagine if a cleaners did that, a dry cleaners did that. They would not be in business for about a day, more than a day. Because the main reason I'm taking it there is for you to clean it. I mean, man, I got an iron at home now. Obviously, they can press it and put starch in it and it's sharp. But if it ain't clean, I don't want it back. I took it to you to be clean. Well, the Word of God cleanses you. It doesn't leave spots and wrinkles without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. The last part of verse 27, but that the church should be holy and without blemish. 
The Word of God will give you instruction in how to live your life so that it's pleasing to God. Well, won't you put this in the comment section? Put, I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to God. I desire to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to God. Write that in the comment section. If that's the desire of your heart, I want to be pleasing to God. I know I do. I want to be clean and pleasing before the Lord. I want to be without spot, without blemish. And the Word of God instructs me how to live a life that's clean and pure before the Lord. Now, understand this. It is not out of my own strength I'm doing this. You know, some, some might hear this and say, well, that, man, that sounds like work-based theology. You know, getting into the, theological terms. This ain't work-based theology. I'm receiving by faith the finished work of Christ, knowing that the Holy Spirit, He indwells me, in, indwells in me. He lives in me. And even as I abide in Him and His Word, He's abiding and living in me. And He is empowering me to fulfill this Word. He is empowering me and strengthening me to live out the commands He's given me. Think of, God would not, how unkind would that be? The Lord's going to command you to do something that He won't empower you to do. Well, no, He's not going to do that. If he gives you a command, hey, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, then I know this. He's going to empower me to love my neighbor, those around me, as I love myself. He will strengthen me to love other people just as I love myself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. Well, I just wish I could. I can. God's not going to command me to do something and then not empower me to do it. The Holy Spirit will empower me to live according to His Word. He will empower me to live according to this Word so that when I'm presented to the Lord at the end of my days, if, that, if I fulfill the end of my days or at the rapture of the church, one of the two, either at the end of my long life or the rapture of the church, when I'm presented before the Lord by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to fulfill this word so that I meet Him without blemish, so that I meet Him without spot or wrinkle, because I want to be pleasing to God. The Word of God is like water in that it cleanses us. It washes us clean. Now, I want you to see this. You're in Ephesians. Let's look at Hebrews chapter uh, 10. And if, you, and if you were there at my Gospel Tabernacle, folk, I know, I realize not everyone watching goes to Gospel Tabernacle Church. If you're in Lawrence County and you're looking for a home church, well, you just found your home church. It's called Gospel Tabernacle Church, 743 East Main Street, Lawrence, South Carolina. Sundays at 1030, Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and tonight the next four Thursdays, 8 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> Come be a part. But if you're at a good church, praise God. Hallelujah. But the last Sunday I had the opportunity and privilege to speak, and, and I preached from Hebrews 
10, 19 through 25. And so some of y'all are going to remember this verse from Sunday, but I want us to look at Hebrews 10, verse 22, thinking about this, that the Word of God is like water. The Word of God is like water. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, there's two things taking place there. Let us, we're able to come close to the Father because Jesus poured out His blood. And He, as the ultimate supreme sacrifice, He died our death. He died my death. He died your death. He paid your debt of sin. He received the total weight of the curse of sin, which included sickness and lack and poverty. And, and the curse, the chastisement of our peace was on him. And, and the frustration of being separated from the Father and having that relationship severed when he cried out, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When, it, when he felt that separation that first time of not being connected to the Father, he paid the complete total debt of sin. And he paid it by his sinless blood. Just as in the old covenant, bulls and goats and rams that were precious, innocent animals, they did no wrong, they were slaughtered and their blood was put out on the altar, in the tabernacle, and then later the temple for the cleansing of sin for a time. But Jesus, he did it for eternity. And it says here that our hearts are sprinkled from an evil conscience. In the Old Testament, the priests, the Levites, when they would bring these animals and they would slay these animals for the sacrifice of sin, they would take the blood of these precious, innocent animals and sprinkle out that blood at the altar as a payment for sin. The blood of Jesus, which was poured out on Calvary, has been sprinkled on our hearts so that we can be clean from an evil conscience, so that we can be clean from sin. That's an, in, that's an inward work. Think about that. That's an inward thing that took place. You received that cleansing by the blood when you believed on Jesus. But then there's more. And our bodies washed with pure water. Our bodies are washed with water. Our hearts cleansed by the blood. The Word of God will give us instruction for life on how to live. This is a huge, major point when it comes to the Word of God. God has given us His Word to hear, to receive it by faith, to believe it, and then act on it. To act on the Word of God. The Word of God actually is not profitable. It's not doing us any good until we obey it. Until I obey the Word of God, it's not doing me any good. In fact, Hebrews 3 talks about that. How these Old Testament people, the Israelites, when they were coming into the Promised Land, they heard the Word, which was, I'm giving you the Promised Land. God told Israel, I'm going to give you the Promised Land. Now go and take it. Go take action on my Word 
and subdue and take the promised land. They heard the word, but they didn't act on it. They sent out spies. Twelve spies come back. You know the story. Ten of them say, the promised land is as good as they say it is, but we can't take it. The giants are too big. And Joshua and Caleb, they have a spirit of faith. They say, if God said we can do it, we can do it. Let's go do it right now before we talk ourselves out of it. And unfortunately, not Joshua and Caleb, but the rest of the nation of Israel talked themselves out of it. So they had the word, but they didn't obey it. See, to have the word, to read it, to study it, but then not live by it is a deception. It, it, we're deceiving ourselves. It's not enough to know. You got to know and then act on what you know. You know, that, that's evident in anything in life, right? I can know what kind of food is good for my body. I mean, I could rehearse to you the vegetables, the fruits, the lean proteins, the healthy fats, the good carbohydrates, all those things that I should eat. I could tell you what to eat. I could sit down and I could make out a menu. This is what I need to eat for the next week. I could do all that. But unless I go to the grocery store and buy it, prep it, cook it, eat it, it will not benefit me. The knowledge of knowing what to eat will not make me healthy. <laughs> Eating the good healthy foods what's going to make me healthy. You know what? You can you, you could you could have every tool like for instance, I have access at my father's shop. Don't don't listen to this dad. I uh, but you close your ears dad. Believe it or not though. Uh the rest of y'all that are listening, I have borrowed, sometimes borrowed some tools to do things, and somehow or another, sometimes they don't always make it back in a promptly time, and Dad'll be looking for a tool, and I think, oh yeah, I think that's sitting in my garage at my house. I don't know how that got there. <laughs> He's always said there's two places he keeps his tools, his shop and my house. <laughs> somehow they, they make their way here. But I could have access to every mechanical tool to fix or rebuild a vehicle. But if I don't know how to read the see, I, I may even know how to rebuild the vehicle. Personally, I don't. Maybe you do. But if I had the mechanical knowledge and the tools on how to work on a car, but I don't actually take the tools and do what I know how to do, I can change the oil. I can change tires. I can rotate tires. I can air filters. Very, very minimal task, right? But if I don't actually do those things, man, I could walk out to the car and say, hmm, the oil needs to be changed. And, you know, 500 miles goes by. Yeah, that oil needs to be changed. You know, I know how to change the oil. A thousand miles goes by, still needing to change the oil. And eventually the engine just blows up. Well, man, I can't, I can't believe the engine blew up on me. I know how to change the oil. Yeah, you know how, AJ, but did you change it? Well, no, I didn't change it, but I know how. The knowing isn't what is powerful in your life. It's the doing of what you know. And the Word of God is like water that washes our body. Notice the blood cleanses our, our spirit, makes us clean. But the Word of God washes our body. God cares about what we do. God is judging and assessing what we do because He's given us an instruction on how to live our life. Now, in thinking about that, it's not enough just to hear the Word we have to act on the Word. This is the fourth trait of the Word of God that's going to change your life. The Word of God we just covered is like water 
This is the fourth one. I want you to type this in the comments. The Word of God is like a mirror. M-I-R-R-O-R. The Word of God is like a mirror. Put that in the comment section for me. The fourth life-changing characteristic trait, the way the Word of God works in your life, it works in your life like a mirror. The Word of God is working in your life like a mirror. Now, I want you to turn with me to Exodus 30 and verse 17, and I'm going to show you exactly how the Word of God is like a mirror in your life. Because uh, Ephesians 5, when we read Ephesians 5 verse 26, it, it talked about the washing of the water of the Word. And really, when you get right down into, understand this, the little side note concerning understanding your Bible, right? The Bible we have is written in English because we speak English. And that happened around in the 1500s. Thank God for godly men. I think it was William Tinsdale, I think, is, is the man that did that, who gave his life to, to put this Bible in English. I mean, they killed him. They martyred him because people, the, the, these high religious, dead, wicked religious people, they wanted to control the knowledge of God's Word and keep it in Latin, but he translated it into English. And he was actually killed for it, but thank God for him because that spurred a reformation of people getting access to the Word of God, and it changed nations. So understand that the Bible originally, the Old Testament's Hebrew. It was written in Hebrew. The New Testament's written in Cornea Greek, street language Greek. And in the Greek language, Ephesians 5, which was his New Testament, would have been a letter written to the church in Ephesus, in Cornea Greek, street language Greek, when it says that phrase, the washing of the water of the Word, think of it. The Word of God is like water, but not just like water in a puddle or water falling like rain, though we'll get to how the Word of God is like rain in a few weeks. Specifically, the Word of God is like water in a bowl or a basin basin or, or a laver. That's an old King James word for a bowl that holds water, right? If you think about a bowl that has water, I can come up to it and I can wash my face. Imagine, you know, plugging the sink and filling up the sink with water, right? It's a bowl that's holding this water that I can use then to wash my hands and my face. Well, that is a New Testament reference to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus 30 verse 17, Moses is getting supernatural revelation. He's getting instruction from the mouth of God on how to build the tabernacle, a place which Israel will come to to commune and worship God. And there's different elements in the tabernacle, the altar, the holy place, the outer court, the inner court, the holy of holies. But there's something in the tabernacle between the meeting place where everyone's at and the altar where they give the sacrifice of blood for sins. And it is the laver. L-A-V-E-R. Exodus 30, 17 says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall make a laver, or a basin, a really big bowl, of bronze, with its base also of bronze, for washing. Notice that, for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting, where everyone's at, and the altar. And you shall put water in it. There's that water again. Verse 19, For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water 
from it. And when they go to the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. So they shall wash their hands and their feet lest they die, and it shall be a statute forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout the generations. Now notice that. They have, God tells Moses, make this big basin, make this big bronze bowl and fill it with water so that you can, so that you can wash your hands and your feet and prepare yourself to worship God so that you can be clean when you come into the presence of God. Exodus 38, 8 is more instruction. It says, Moses made the laver, that basin, that big bowl of water, of bronze. And it's base of bronze. Now, notice we're on the fourth point. The Word of God is like a mirror. Get ready for this. It's base of bronze. This is Exodus 38, 8. From the bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door at the tabernacle of meeting. They made this big, large bronze bowl, this basin, this laver, they made this bowl of bronze that was highly polished. It was, po it was made from the same material that ladies used in that day as a mirror. This bronze could be so well polished so highly polished that when you looked into it, you could see your reflection. You could visibly see yourself, and you know you could do your hair, you could the makeup of that day, the jewelry, make sure the clothes fit right. If they polished it well enough, they could see their reflection. That's powerful. Because here they are in the tabernacle, in the meeting place. They put this big basin, this bowl, this laver, they polish it up so that they can see their reflection in it, and then they fill it with water. Now imagine this. Every time the Levites and the sons of Aaron and Aaron himself and the priesthood went to go worship God and bring a sacrifice to God, they had to lean over. Catch this phrase because you're about to hear it in just a second. They had to lean over into this basin, this bowl of water, and wash their hands wash their feet, and they're looking down into the water. They can see their reflection. The Word of God is like a mirror. The Word of God is like a mirror. James chapter 1, verse 21. James 1, verse 21. The Word of God is like a mirror. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but being doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. To hear the word but not do it is deception. I've already said that before tonight. If, you, if all you do is hear this book, but you don't apply it to your life. If you live according to the opinions of the world, the opinions of people, your own opinion, the thoughts of other people, thoughts that are not renewed according to the Word, if you build your life on something other than this Word, you're deceiving yourself. But the moment you begin to hear the Word, receive it in your heart by faith, and then act on it, man, then you've got some traction. Verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer, of the word, hearing it, and not a doer, hear it, but I ain't going to do it. 
He is like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, what the Lord's saying here, if you hear the word of God, but it doesn't change the way you live, if you hear the word of God, but you don't apply it to your life, well, one of the first things we read tonight was Ephesians 5, husbands love your wife. If you're a husband and you're not loving your wife, Laura's in the background saying, yeah, amen, hallelujah. If you, hey, Laura, also, it says wives submit unto your husbands. Mm. She, she don't know about that one. We're going to have to work on that one later. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If I'm a husband, I'm to love my wife like Christ loves the church. If you're a wife, you're to submit unto your husband like the church submits unto the Lord. You know, there's a mutual submission, a mutual loving there. But if I hear it and I don't do it, then what good has it done for me? Nothing. And I'm just like someone who looks in a mirror. They wake up in the morning. They're looking in the mirror. You know, I get up in the morning. What if I got up in the morning, bedhead, you know, need a shave, something stuck in my teeth, you know, I'm looking there. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And then I leave. I saw my appearance. In the reflection of the mirror, I could tell, you know what? I need a shower. I need a shave. I need to comb my hair. And I need to brush my teeth. I can tell that I need to do all those things by the reflection in the mirror. But if I see that I need to do those things by looking in the mirror and I don't do them, that mirror is worthless to me. Amen. That mirror is worthless. If I can see that I need to wash, shave, brush, and comb, but I don't do anything, the mirror is worthless to me. It's not that the mirror is worthless. It's not that the mirror is broken. It's not that the mirror doesn't reflect. It's just I'm not using it to my benefit. And the Word of God will, when you're looking at the Word of God, it's going to do three things. The Word of God is going to allow you to examine yourself. It's going to allow you to examine yourself. Just like those priests that bent over into that bowl of water, that laver, that basin of water, and they could see their reflection, and they could see themselves preparing their hearts to go before the Lord. Just like when you look in your mirror in your bathroom in the morning, you can prepare yourself. You can say, okay, Hey, yeah, my comb, I got my hair combed correctly. My part's nice and clean. Nothing's in my teeth. I've got my face. It's shaved. I'm ready to go. The Word of God allows you to examine yourself. Uh-oh, Todd. There's your friendly cat. <laughs> it just got interesting, Todd. I hope you're still on. <laughs> the moment you've been waiting for. Everyone, Anna, the cat. She's been outside sleuthing around in the dark trying to find, I guess, something better than uh, kibbles and bits. <laughs> well, that, that's dog food, isn't it? All right. For, okay, you can't, you can't be on the notes. I'm, I can't kick you off the table because Todd will get mad at me. 1 Timothy 4.16. The Word of God. Now, I know Miss Shirley uh, Nance does not care about these cats, do you? Well, I could bring the cat over to your house, Miss Shirley. <laughs> 1 Timothy 4.16. The Word of God allows you to examine 
yourself. 1 Timothy 4.16 Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the Word of God. Continue in them. What do you think it means by continue in them? Live according to the Word of God. For in doing this, look at this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. You will save yourself and those who hear you. How does salvation come to you? You hear the word and you do it. Now again, you're not earning salvation. We looked at Hebrews 10, 22. Don't let anyone walk away and say, he's saying you've got to work your way to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. The blood cleanses us. But I am saying this. If you're saved, you'll live different. I won't back down off that because that's what the Bible teaches. If you believe in Jesus, you'll live differently. You'll live according to his word. He said that in John chapter 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And he's saying here, take heed to yourself, to the word, continue in them. For in doing them, you'll save yourself and the people who hear you share this word. When you share the word of God, people that will hear it and do it and obey it, they'll save themselves. They'll bring themselves to a place of salvation. Uh-oh. All right, I said not on the notes, okay? 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Uh-oh. You're welcome, Todd. I understand, Miss Shirley. I'm not going to bring the cats to your house. I promise I won't do that. We'll drop them off at Todd's house when they get hungry. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. I saw this today. This is, this is the first time I've seen this. 2 Corinthians 13, and I've read this, I mean, dozens of times. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. The Word of God allows you to examine yourself. The Word of God is like a mirror. Now notice, three ways the Word of God is like a mirror. It allows you to examine yourself. It allows you to see, is my hair in right? You know, naturally speaking, if you're looking in a mirror, you know, is my hair combed? Do I need to shave something in my mouth? My nose clean? Is everything right? Is my shirt on right? Is my necktie, you know, pulled up or whatever it is? Ladies, is my makeup there? My jewelry looking good? The Word of God allows you to examine yourself. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Judge yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit. I pray this prayer so often. Lord, judge me now. R reveal anything in me, Lord. Lord, search my heart. It's, it's Psalms 139. Search my heart now, Lord. Is there anything in me? Is there anything in me that you don't like? Examine, your, examine me, Lord. Reveal it to me. I don't want anything in me that's not going to please you. It's not going to glorify you. If it doesn't bring me closer to you, Lord, I don't want it in me. The Word of God's like a mirror. It lets you examine yourself. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. I don't want anything in me that's going to disqualify me. I don't want anything in me that's going to keep me from Jesus. 
So the Word of God is like a mirror in that it allows you to examine yourself. It allows you to examine yourself. The second thing the Word of God is like a mirror. It allows you to examine, but you don't just stop there. It's not enough to look in the mirror and say, man, I sure do need to comb my hair. No, we need to examine and then take action on the examination. The second way the Word of God is like a mirror is it gives you an opportunity for restoration. Examination, restoration. Notice, when those priests, those Levites, we read about in Exodus, when they're looking and they're bending over, washing their hands, they have an opportunity to see that they need to be clean, and they cleanse themselves. They wash their hands. They get themselves clean. It's what we saw in Ephesians 5. We allow the washing of the water of the Word to cleanse us so that we're without spot, without wrinkle, that we're given to the Lord wholly, without blemish, holy unto God. Now, it, we looked at it, we, I think we read this last week as well, but it, it applies totally to what we're saying here. The Word of God allows us to examine ourselves so that we can restore ourselves. Examination leads to restoration. John 15, 3, You're already clean because of the Word which I've spoken to you. John 17, 17, Sanctify, set yourself apart. Sanctify them. This is Jesus praying for you. Sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. The word of God gives us instruction and gives us truth so that we can not only see what's right and wrong, but so that we can change accordingly. So that we can take action on God's word. And the last way in this subcategory, you know, we've looked at three, the word of God is like water. And four, the Word of God is like a mirror. Under this mirror category, the Word of God is like a mirror. It gives us an opportunity to examine ourselves and restore ourselves. Third, examination leads to restoration. Restoration leads to transformation. Examination leads to restoration. Restoration leads to transformation. The Word of God is like a mirror in that it allows us to transform ourselves. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. We're ending here. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Man, I'm so thankful y'all joined me tonight. And if you haven't, uh, before you get off tonight, make sure you share the broadcast if you, if you haven't already. Uh, we usually get about three times the amount of views uh, on replays. So, I mean, even though you, you know, you're watching it right now, before you leave, click share on the broadcast on Facebook. Uh, it, it pumps it out there. And for the next 24, 36 hours, you, you'll be amazed. But people will just keep watching it. We're, we're constantly getting people messaging us, not just here in Lawrence County, but all across America, outside of America and different nations. Uh, thank God for digital reach. 2 Corinthians 3.18 Examination, restoration, transformation. The Word of God is like a mirror and then in that it allows you to transform yourself. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, 
are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, there's three instances, there's three passages of Scripture in the entire Bible where the Word of God is compared to a mirror. James 1, Exodus 38, 2 Corinthians 3. That's it. Those three examples in the Word of God show us how the Word of God is like a mirror. Examination, James 1. Restoration, Exodus 38. Transformation, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. My goodness, that gets me excited. We're being transformed into this same glory. Not a lesser, not a different. That's what we read in Ephesians 5. God is washing us with His Word so that He can present us, the church, to Himself a glorious church. We're looking into this mirror so that we can be transformed into the same image. The same image of Christ. We're looking into the Word of God, not just to see what needs to change, but we see what needs to change and we allow it to be changed. It's not God doesn't want us to show in His Word how we're wrong and then leave us there. God doesn't want to show us in His Word how something needs to change and then just leave us there. God wants to show us in His Word that, hey, this is how you live, AJ. Oh, wow, that's how I'm supposed to live? Oh, let me change. <laughs> oh, that's how I'm supposed to comb my hair? Let me comb it. Let me change it. You ladies, you're doing you know, different looks, different makeups, whatever, that, whatever you do with that war paint. You know, different shades and, and glimmers of it. You know, Laura get, likes to watch these uh, YouTube tutorials of different dupes and things with different makeups and all this stuff. And hey, anytime she comes out, I just know this. Oh, you look beautiful, Laura. She, I didn't do anything. I know you just look beautiful. I can just tell. Whether it's on or off, my goodness. Oh, you take my breath away. Isn't that right, Laura? <laughs> But the Word of God is like a mirror in that it allows you to change yourself. It allows you to transform into this glory of God, not lesser. It's showing us, oh, that's who I am in Jesus. Yeah, that's who I am in Christ Jesus. By the blood of Christ, that's what I can do. Uh, by the Spirit of God, that's what I can accomplish. Oh, the Bible says I'm healed by His stripes. I'm a healed person. I'm being transformed. The Bible says that all my needs shall be met according to His glorious riches in Christ. Then I don't have to suffer in poverty and lack. The Word of God will teach me how to, as James 4 says, buy, sell, and get gain. It'll teach me how to manage my personal finance life so that I can actually have peace in my personal finances, something that doesn't go together in normal America. People, uh, the number one reason for divorce many times is money. Well, that doesn't sound like peace in your personal finances to me. Oh, the Word of God says I can have joy. Hey, I'm happy. 
I'm going to be filled with joy. Oh, the Word of God says I have strength. The Word of God says I can raise my children to live for God. The Word of God says this and that. Oh, that's who I am. Oh, the Word of God says as a husband, this is what I need to do. The Word of God says as a wife, this is what I need to do. The Word of God is showing me who I am to be and transforming me into who that description of me is in Christ Jesus. The Word of God brings transformation. Let me read this. This is powerful. When the child of God looks into the Word of God, he sees the Son of God, and he is transformed by the Spirit of God to share and the glory of God. When the child of God looks into the Word of God, he sees the Son of God, and he is transformed by the Spirit of God so he can share in the glory of God. That's powerful. That is powerful. This transformation that takes place by the Word of God is a reality. It's a supernatural power. There is a supernatural power in the Word of God that when I hear the Word and I obey the Word, the Holy Spirit supernaturally changes my life. You know that word metamorphosis. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, I heard it. I, I feel like the first memory I have of that word is in science class with a caterpillar, how it goes in its cocoon. And so many weeks go by. Right now, you know, uh, Naomi has this book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, right? And over time, this caterpillar's eating all this food. It shouldn't eat. It finally eats a green leaf, then makes a cocoon. And several weeks later, pop, out comes a beautiful butterfly. Metamorphosis. It changed. The caterpillar changed into a butterfly. Well, that's a Greek word right here. Being transformed in the Greek is metamorphosis. It's that word. It's that root word being transformed. It's only used two other places. Matthew 17, when Jesus goes to the Mount of Transfiguration and he goes there, it says that he is transformed. He is changed. He is glorified. The, that Greek word metamorphosis is here, 2 Corinthians 3, Matthew 17, describing how Jesus is glorified in Romans 12, 2 which is where we're going to end tonight. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Change what you think to conform to the Word of God. How do you renew your mind? You read what God's Word says about marriage, about personal life, about healing, about money, about raising children, about being a good employee or a good boss, about being a good neighbor, about winning people to Christ, about what a godly government is. You change how you think by renewing your mind, by seeing what God's Word and God's opinion is on something, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You receive the Word of God in your heart and you allow the Word of God to change you and transform you into something that you were not before. Amen. If that's you, put, put, a, put some hands up. Put some praise hands up in the comment section. Some hand emojis. If you're being transformed by the power of God's Word, 
being brought in to share that glory, to be brought into that glorious place, being transformed into what God desires you to be, put some hands of praise up in the comment section. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey, when we receive the Word of God, the Word of God changes our life. Ah, I've done it again. I have studied myself happy. I can't help it. When I get in the Word of God, it makes me happy. It has the solutions to every problem life may present. Before life will even present a problem, God has already prepared a solution. Before there is a question ever asked, God already has the answer prepared, and it's in His Word. And the author of, of His Word, the Holy Spirit, as Pastor preached two weeks ago, man, that's powerful. The author of the Word of God will teach you exactly what His Word means. Amen. You know what? Between now and next Thursday, meditate on that. Join me next Thursday at 8 p.m. But between now and then, think on that. Meditate on that. Lord, your word, it's like water. It's washing me. It's keeping me clean. It's keeping me pure. It's keeping me holy. Because I don't want to be ashamed when you come. I don't. When you come to get me, I don't want to be ashamed. I want to be clean. I want to be ready. And your word is like a mirror. It allows me to examine, restore, and be transformed. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I'm so thankful y'all joined me tonight. If you haven't shared the broadcast, please do. If you uh, ever want to hear any of these replays, of course, it's always on our Facebook page. It's on YouTube channel. And again, if you prefer podcasts, personally, that's 90% of everything I listen to. It's, it's usually podcast form. Gospel Tabernacle Church. Search it where you get podcasts. You'll find it. You can also search for my podcast channel that I'm going to be building out, Faith for My Generation. Some exclusive things will be coming there. But uh, man, I'm excited about what God's doing in your life and my life in Gospel Tabernacle Church and churches across America. Look, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Don't allow your mind to be overtaken by news and social media and the opinions of this world. Be encouraged. As long as we commit ourselves to the Lord, He will cause us to overcome in triumph in every situation. I'm here to give you that word. Man, I'm not afraid of tomorrow. I'm not scared of what may come. I'm not fearful. I'm bold. I'm on fire. And I'm going to do what God's put me on this earth to do. I believe you're going to do the same thing. If God has placed you here for such a time as this, He has prepared you to go out in the power of His Word, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and take the victory, take the battle, Take the victory. Take every heel and take it for Jesus. Go out and win battle after battle after battle. I'm not fearful. I'm not afraid. And I know you ain't either. Because the Word of God, it is powerful. It is transforming us. And it's changing us. All right. Before I let you go, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every 
every faithful member that is here part of this broadcast, Lord. I thank you for everyone listening and watching and tuning in right now, Lord God, that's listening to the replay, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Comfort them, strengthen them, and fill them with your joy. Lord, if there be any that don't know you, draw them to you. If you don't know Jesus, it's this simple. Believe in your heart that he's the risen son of God. Speak with your mouth, Jesus, you're my Lord, and you'll be saved. Lord, if anyone prays that prayer, draw them unto you and change them and recreate them and make them a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless.